welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey, Kingdom Culture family, Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas Eve. So thankful that you joined us online today. Whether you're with your family, with your spouse, you're alone in your onesie, sipping your hot chocolate, watching your favorite Christmas movie, or maybe you just got off work. Thank you for joining our Christmas Eve online experience. I know it's not in person, but this is the second best thing. So Merry Christmas. I really hope and pray that the close to your 2021 is awesome. It's restful, it's fun. And so thank you so much for joining us. Join in the chat today. Let us know that you're there. Let us know how we can pray for you, how we can support you in this season, moving into a brand new year. And so we're gonna dive in today to our message, our short message for this Christmas Eve experience. But I wanna acknowledge the worship team. Thank you so much for bringing that amazing Christmas worship moment to us this morning. And that last song, Cornerstone, so, so crucial as we move into this message. The whole message that really that I'm talking about today is centered on the one who is the cornerstone. And we're celebrating the birth of Jesus in this season. That's why we do what we do on Christmas Of course, on Easter, we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus, but on Christmas, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, he sent his son, born of a virgin, to come to change the game for us. And so we're gonna dive in to a prophecy that was actually prophesied 700 years prior to Christ, okay? Being on the earth in the flesh. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six says this, for to us, A child shall be born, to us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are statements about who Jesus is, how incredible he is, 700 years prior. Imagine prophesying 700 years later, your prophecy comes to pass. You're not around to see it, but somehow you get to live the effects of it for all of eternity. Well, Isaiah's prophecy is just this. And I love these statements about Jesus, the nature of Jesus. He's mighty counselor. He's everlasting father. He's wonderful counselor, sorry. He's prince of peace. These are powerful statements. And I think that we often see these descriptions as sort of the end of an individual's. This is the individual's destiny, it's the purpose. But we forget sometimes the process leading up to all of that. I mean, there was a 700 year process from the point of this prophecy to the birth of Jesus made manifest. And so there's a process always in between from the word spoken to the manifestation of the word. And so we're gonna talk about this today a little bit because I think that we all have amazing 
powerful words in our life. We all have amazing, powerful purpose, uh, potential in our life. And I wanna highlight some really important truths that I see in the story of the birth of Jesus or the story of even how Mary goes about birthing Jesus, the Son of God. So my message today, if you're taking notes, is called Let's Talk About Birth. Let's talk about birth, the process of development. But before we dive in, I wanna pray. I wanna pray uh, for all of us watching. Maybe you're watching after the fact. Maybe you're live with us right now. I really wanna pray that in this hard, challenging season that many face at Christmas, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard season for so many people. You have many different challenges ahead. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's job-related, kid-related, it's relational. Maybe you feel like you're just all alone every Christmas. It's a hard season. It's a reminder of what you don't have rather than a reminder of what you do sometimes. I wanna pray for those that just feel discouraged right now. I wanna pray for those that just feel a little bit hopeless as we dive into today's message, which I'm hoping will be an encouragement for you. So Jesus, we just thank you that you are the reason for this season. We celebrate you in this season, the birth of the most important person in the whole cosmos, Jesus, you are that person. And so today we pray that you, as that person, would give us hope, give us encouragement where there is discouragement, give us perspective where we just feel like we have cloudiness, like we just can't see clear. We're just walking around in circles. We can't see where we're going. We're, we just wanna give up on life. It's just hard. I pray for those that just feel that way right now. And I pray for a little bit of hope right now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I really believe this, that it's kind of been over the last 20 months, a season of birth. It's been a season of birth for myself, for so many others out there. I mean, it's been both hard, it's been sweet, it's been bitter, it's been messy. And yet at the same time, just like birth really is in the natural, it's been incredibly beautiful. But this really is the paradox of kingdom life. You, you can't get beautiful without mess. You can't get clarity sometimes without cloudiness. This is the, the paradox that we all live in, the tension that we all live in. Sometimes we have to go through some stuff to get the best in life. And I think a lot of us somehow, especially as millennials sometimes, they, we think that this spiritual life called uh, uh, Jesus following or relationship with Jesus should be easy and Jesus should just make everything easy. And when it's not easy, it's permission to give up or permission to quit. But that's just not the gospel. That's just not kingdom life. There is a process that God brings us on to develop us. Birth is not the end of something, of a hard process. It's actually just the beginning of a new one. And so we're gonna dive into this a little bit, but before we do, I want to ask you the question for you. What do you think about when you think about birth? What do you think about? Maybe you think about the fact that it's messy. I mean, for those moms out there, those husbands out there that were in the birthing room or the moms that had the child, you, you know how birth is. You know what it feels like. It's messy, it feels chaotic, it feels tense maybe. You have fear, it's scary, it's traumatic, it's wonderful all at the same time, beautiful, relieving. Maybe it's the most memorable thing or maybe it's the memory you don't wanna ever remember in your life. Maybe for you, you, you could really, you know, stand and say it's the, 
the beginning of the most amazing journey I've ever been on. It's transformative. To, to some, it's something they never want to experience again. To others, it's that C-section or another not so pleasant scenario. And these are all great definitions. True for most people. True for most people and not so true for some. But we can all agree that life, in the end, when something is birthed in our life, it is the most precious, life-giving, amazing experience. I think we can all say that we value life. We value something that's birthed. We value the end of a process. But even more than just focusing on the end of a process, just realizing that there was an incredible process leading up to what feels like an end of a process. I said this er er a little earlier, I said, I think birth is actually not where things stop or not the end of the process, it's actually where it begins all over again. And I wanna talk about these cyclical patterns that we all go through that I believe God allows in our life and leads us through in our life to develop us. These are the processes that never stop. We go through hard stuff, we go through challenging stuff, and then we birth things, and then that, after we birth things, we think it's kind of like, oh, I'm free of that nine-month process, but guess what? Now we've just entered into a whole new process. And I'm not just talking about physical birth today, although I'm highlighting Mary's story. I'm talking about spiritual birth. We are in a spiritual birthing season constantly. I'm not saying that we're always delivering something, we're always like at that space, but we're in the process of it. We're in the process of developing something on the inside. You know, for Mary, it was developing the Son of God himself on the inside, inside of her womb. Let me ask you the question, maybe you feel like this last 20 months for you, and I say 20 months, if you're living in Ontario, it's been 20 months of craziness. And you, hopefully, you feel like you're overdue now. It's time to deliver something, like you've been in a process, like God has been developing something in you, something new in you. But just know that the moment you walk into or step into the very thing that you've been developing on the inside, it's just the beginning of a brand new process. And it's cyclical. The things that I wanna share today, I wanna share four points with you. They're cyclical, they never stop. They're the patterns of our kingdom life that never stop. And I really hope that this will be of an encouragement to you. Our life's journey is about growing, period. It's about growing. It's not about standing and staying and sitting and being comfortable and being living a convenient life. It's about growing. Kingdom life is about growing. It's moving. John 7, Jesus said, those who believe in me out of their body will flow rivers of living water, not dead water, not stagnant water, not swampy water, living water. It's an ever-flowing life that we're called to live as kingdom people. And so maybe for you, it's a new house, location, new business, new big contract, new promotion, new opportunity. There's something that you are in, you are in the process right now of birthing. You're in the developmental stage. And it's so funny because you hear of all these celebrities, they, they, they have this desire to get to the top, to get to be number one on the billboards and they get there and they feel like, wow, it feels like nothing. You know why? Because another process begins. Birth is not the end. Getting to what you feel like is your goal, is your target, is your purpose, is not the end. It's just a new beginning. And so we never stop this process. And so I wanna read um, a, this part of the story in a little bit, but as we walk into this, I wanna give you four, four points 
after reading the story of the birth of Jesus and in the book of Luke, I see four important aspects of the process that we all need, I believe, cemented in our soul. Especially if you're in a discouraged season, if you're in what feels like a hopeless season, season I want to encourage you to take these words, these points, and cement them into your soul. Figure out where you stand in this process. Number one, we have the word. We have the word. And I'm talking about in this context, Mary had a word. Mary had a word. We saw the prophecy in Isaiah, which was a word from Isaiah the prophet, 700 years before the manifestation of that word. 700 years of process, 700 years of discouragement, 700 years of will this ever happen? And in Luke chapter one, verse 31, we see this encounter that Mary has with an angel, with a very special angel named Gabriel. And this is what the angel says to, to, to Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son. Now remember, Mary and Joseph are engaged to be married. She is a virgin. This word makes absolutely no sense. And that's, that's always the way God starts with us. He always starts our journey in believing him in a way that makes no sense. Do you know that the resurrection of Christ makes no sense? Dying on a cross for all humanity makes no sense. The Bible calls it foolishness. It's absolute foolishness. So here an angel comes to Mary and says, you will conceive and birth a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Kind of sounds like a prophecy in Isaiah chapter nine. The government will be upon his shoulders. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? Like, this makes no sense. I'm a virgin. Like, Joseph and I, we haven't even had sexual relations yet. And the angel replies, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Why holy? Because holiness himself put the seed inside of Mary the seed inside of Mary. And this is another prophecy fulfilled. Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14. All right, then the Lord himself will give you this sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. Once again, 700 years prior and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And even more realistically, this word was from the beginning of time. We see this in John chapter one, verse one, where it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Who is that word? Jesus himself, who is the capital W word. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. So now we have millennia. We have all this time from the beginning where it started with a word. And that word repeats itself through all humanity, through all time in you today. You are a part of creating a manifestation on the earth of Christ himself through your life as an ambassador of Jesus, as an ambassador of heaven, as a citizen of heaven. Everything you do is to emulate that word, to make Jesus flesh in your own body. You are not a divine, uh, uh, you are not Jesus incarnate, but in a sense, you are exhibiting to the world around you, what Jesus looks like in your flesh. 
bodily in your life every day. So we have this word, and I think a lot of us, you can think back to a word that you've been given that made no sense. Kind of like Mary, it made no sense to her. And then right away, you get this word, you get this promise from God. Maybe it's for you, it's, it's you know, your, your daughter's gonna be healed, and you've been in a 20 year, 25, 30 year journey. Your son's gonna be healed, 20, 34, 40 year journey. You've been praying, you've been believing, but you have a word. My encouragement is for you not to stop believing continue believing. It's funny because if you read the story in Luke that I just read and you continue even prior, you see how the angel actually visited Elizabeth, Mary's relative. And John the Baptist, she was pregnant now with John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin. And you see that story, what happened to Zachariah and the process of his process of believing that it's possible because they were in their old age. Everyone knew they couldn't have kids. She was barren. They were in their old age, old age and yet an angel came to, to them just like the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to conceive a child. Now, it wasn't the same way. It wasn't the seed of God. It was the seed of Zachariah, which was different. But John had a very crucial role. And then it's funny because when Mary has the encounter with the angel, and you can read it if you keep on reading from where I started, to to encourage Mary that it's possible, the angel says, and by the way, your relative Elizabeth is also already six months pregnant or five months pregnant. She's already been pregnant. And everybody thought it was impossible for her. And it was almost like a way of encouraging Mary in the moment that if it's possible for, he, for, for her, it's really possible for you. And like I said, this prophecy in Isaiah chapter seven was then fulfilled. But then second to the word, we have what I call the womb. This is point number two, the womb and warfare. So we have the word, pretend it's like in your spiritual womb and you're, you're believing. You're believing that God's gonna give you the career you've always been believing for. You're believing for the house. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you wrote it on your House of Hearts card last year or the year before. I don't know what it is for you, but you're believing for something. God has spoken to you something, a promise about your spouse, a promise about your own life, a healing in your own life. Uh, I don't know, the end of a cycle of a pattern repeating itself of some sort of deliverance in your life. And you have the word, but now it's in the womb. And in the womb, there's this warfare that goes on because there's a process where God is developing you through the warfare. And when I say warfare, I mean, it's not easy. Like it's not easy to believe that this word is possible. Like, I don't think for one moment, Mary was like, oh, this is gonna be an easy ride. Like, I have the most high inside of me. And, uh, you know, I'm not even married. I'm, I'm already gonna be shunned by culture. This is not from my husband. This is divine. Who's gonna believe me? I mean, this is outlandish. This is craziness. Like, who's gonna believe me? I'm a teenager. I'm like under the age of of where I should be having a kid. I mean, in our societal standards, like I am under that age and yet I have the seed of God inside of me. Why would God choose me? Like, I'm sure she went through a process. It's funny because immediately when she found out that she was pregnant, she actually went and visited her cousin, 
Elizabeth. If you say a relative Elizabeth, in Luke chapter one, verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. This was sort of custom in that time. You know, women would isolate themselves for a, a short season during the developmental process while the baby was in the womb. And so Mary visits Elizabeth and there's this interaction that happens. And I just think it's so um, uh, prophetic for us when we have stuff in our spiritual womb in life that we don't understand. When we feel like we're carrying the impossible inside of us, the best thing to do is get around other people that are also carrying the impossible because they'll be an encouragement to you. And I love how Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and Elizabeth confirms what's really inside of Mary, the power of community. She confirms to, to Mary because when Mary shows up to Elizabeth, the, the, the baby and Elizabeth leaps, John the Baptist leaps with joy in her womb and immediately Elizabeth's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth's like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, this is truly the most high. Here's a little confirmation to you. Like, whatever it is that you're carrying, my baby feels it. My body feels it. There's a piece in me that's something so special about what you are carrying. I think it's so important that in seasons of warfare, seasons where you're carrying something in the womb, it's impossible. It makes no sense. Get around other people that are also carrying something impossible and watch what begins to happen. Watch the confirmation, the peace that comes to you when you were going through that season. Luke chapter two, verse one. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. In verse three, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, verse five. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And as you know, while they were there, they had the baby. But now imagine, okay, she leaves three months of being with Elizabeth. She has about six to seven more months of a process of carrying the son of God in her womb. And right before she's about to deliver, she has to walk 90 miles, miles to the, to the city of Joseph's ancestors to register for a census. Like, talk about inconvenient, talk about messed up, talk about not having like your last trimester, a fun trimester, a relaxing trimester. She, for all the Canadians out there, she's walking 144 kilometers. It's a long time. There's some warfare. She's walking in 30 degree Fahrenheit weather at night. It's cold, it's rainy, she's carrying bread and wine and wineskins and food. She's not like rolling up in like a Rolls Royce, comfortable, you know, heated seats, like recliner chairs. She is in a very uncomfortable situation. Most of the time in that, in that time frame, they would have, the average person would have walked 20 miles a day. They say she probably walked maybe 10 miles because of her situation. She would have been nine months pregnant, somewhere in probably within two weeks of her delivery. Like this is crazy to think about. She's walking in areas, up hills, down hills, and in areas by heavily forested areas near the Jordan Valley, which would have had lions and bears. They normally would have had to fight off lions and bears. So imagine the fear. 
This feels like warfare to me. I mean, she's carrying this thing. She has this promise from God and she's like, I could lose this baby. Like, why? as if I'm walking to my fiance's hometown. Like, I, and I, I, the chances of me being able to get back to where we live to deliver the baby in Nazareth is next to impossible. I'm gonna be delivering and I haven't even booked a place to stay. I haven't booked a hotel yet. Like I can't even, like I I, I didn't bring my Marriott card. Like I didn't bring my VIP status. Like I, I'm, I'm screwed. Like imagine what she was going through. She's walking every day carrying the son of God. This is the warfare. And this is the warfare that we all carry. When we're carrying something impossible, we carry the warfare with it. And it's so easy for us to quit. I think about Mary and I'm thinking, man, she didn't quit. She didn't give up. She pushed through. I think we have to do the same because everything that we push through, everything that we birth when it comes to spirit, the spirit of God leading us is eternal, has eternal value, has eternal impact. So we have the womb and warfare. And then number three, we have the wonder. We have the wonder. Like I said, birth is wonderful. Yes, it's messy. So here comes Mary. She gets to Bethlehem. She gets to Joseph's hometown, registers for the census. There's no place to stay. And that's why she has the Son of God in a stable. That's why she has to put the Son of God, wrap him like they would have wrapped little baby lambs in that time to prepare them, to keep them unblemished, take them for sac the sacrifice in the temple. She had to wrap the Lamb of God himself, it's foreshadowing, and place him in a manger, in a dirty place, because that's the only place that was available. But yet, the most dirty of scenarios in this moment was the most wonderful of all. And this is the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter nine, verse six that I read earlier. For unto us a child shall be born, to us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful, well this is what happened. The moment he was born, this was what was said of him. He's This is a wonderful moment you can see in Luke chapter two verse seven to 20, where the shepherds, they're having this encounter with the angels that are visiting them. They're having an angelic visitation. And I'm gonna skip down. You can read it from verse seven all the way to verse 20. And I'm gonna skip down to verse 13. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds that were shepherding their flocks at night, okay? This was the story said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and, and what the angel had said to them about this child, verse 18. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. They were in wonder. They were astonished. Because listen, every time you move through a hard process, and you let God develop you in the process, and you birth that thing, that word that God has promised you, you come to the end, even though it felt messy, even though it felt hard, it's the most wonderful feeling. But guess what? Then you start a whole new process all over again. This is the cyclical pattern that we all repeat in our spiritual life. It never stops. Not to say that we don't have seasons of like, Selah, rest, you know, pause, where it's like we can enjoy finally getting to that space. 
but the unfortunate reality is that we're, God never stops developing us. That birth now is just simply the beginning of a new process. Now I gotta raise the son of God. Now I gotta raise this thing. I gotta nourish this thing. I gotta nourish this business. Yeah, I launched the business. I got the new job. I got the new thing. I had the new baby. I got the new wife. Now I got, I got the new husband. I got to, now I gotta nourish this promise. There's a whole new battle, there's a whole new challenge, a whole new warfare that begins to happen. And then lastly, we have the walk. And I'm gonna close with this. We have the walk. We have the walk. We have the word, we have the womb and the warfare, part of this developmental process. We have this, the wonderful, the wonder that happens when we finally get to that space where we feel like we've accomplished it. But then we have to walk it out. Like I said, we have to nourish it. Mary had to walk. Not only did she have to walk all the way to her husband's or her fiance's hometown to give birth, she now had to walk for the next 30 years trying to navigate how to figure out what do I do to nurture the son of God? Like, what, what does this look like? Like, I don't think she fully understood what she was managing, what she was stewarding, what she was raising what she was nourishing. And then at the age of 30, here Jesus is starting his public ministry and she's like, now I'm seeing the manifestation of everything that started over 30 years ago by an angel named Gabriel. I'm seeing the manifestation. I'm seeing the, the word made manifest. He's literally doing the stuff. He's moving in miracles. He's changing the game. He's People are hating on, on him. And now it comes to a place where now she has to watch and, and, and see and witness her own son walking his own walk with a cross to his crucifixion. I mean, I don't think we could celebrate Christmas without also acknowledging how the Christmas story ends. The Christmas story ends really at Easter. But does it really end at Easter or does it really begin for all of us? It absolutely begins for all of us, but it begins with the birth of Jesus and it begins again at the death and resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus had to walk this walk. He had a hard walk, he had a hard road. We see his process. We can witness his process in all four gospels. We can witness his process in the garden. We can witness his process carrying this cross up up a hill and, and being put on that cross with seven inch nails in his median nerve and into his feet and a crown of thorns put on his head and a spear in his side being whipped, having his body so lacerated. You could see his physical organs literally almost spilling out of his body because it was so intense. 39 lashes on his body. He had to walk this walk, but he had a word and he was the word, John 1. He was the word made flesh. Not only did he have a word, he was the word and he had to manifest who he truly was as the son of God, the sinless sacrifice, the lamb of God that was once, once put in a manger, wrapped in what the Bible calls snuggly strips of cloth, swaddled in preparation for sacrifice. He was that sacrificial lamb that the shepherds were so used to seeing in the manger that was being prepared for the temple. He would be that sacrificial lamb to sacrifice his life for us who is called the New Testament temple. He was that sacrifice but he had to walk through some hard stuff. And so I wanna give you a little bit of a recap and then I'm gonna pray. I believe there's four cyclical patterns that repeat themselves in our life. 
if we're gonna birth things in our life. And it's part of the process of development. It's the word, the woman warfare, the wonder, and the walk. And I, maybe you're watching right now and you've never started the journey of the walk. And the walk I mean like with Jesus, like maybe you've been searching, you're like, I, I, I believe in God. I believe there's some, someone out there. You could even look back at your life and be like, someone was with me in these times. Like someone had to be, someone saved me from this scenario, saved me from that scenario. You know inside of you that there is someone looking out for you. I just believe this, his name is Jesus and he wants a real relationship with you. Jesus doesn't want you to come into this space and just have a religion, just follow a bunch of regulations and rules and, and duties and have tos. No, he, he desires like connection with you, like relationship with you. He desires communication with you. He wants to be everything for you. He wants you to fully trust in him, to make him the center of your world. Because when you do, I'm telling you, it is the best version of life, always. So maybe you're in this space right now, on this journey, on this walk, and you've never said yes to Jesus, never let him in your life. The Bible says that if you just simply confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. I just believe it's a decision that starts a brand new journey. I say, okay, today I'm just acknowledging it. I've been the leader of my life. I've been the Lord of my life. I've been the master of my life and I'm changing my position today. And I'm saying, Jesus, like I, I, I want you. I wanna invite you into my life. So I'm saying yes to you as the one who has forgiven me, the one who has set me free. You've, that your invitation has always been there. You've always been knocking on the door of my heart. I just have never opened the door. Today may be that door, that door opening day for you. And so I wanna just encourage you to say yes today because I believe it's the best decision you'll ever make in your entire life. And so if that's you, just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe that you forgave me past, present, and even future. You knew what I would do far beyond before I was even ever born. You had a plan. And your hope and your desire is to have a real relationship with me. And so today I let that relationship begin. I let you into my life. I receive your forgiveness. I believe that you were raised on the third day to raise my life, to raise my life higher, to raise me up, to put me in that place of acceptance with you. I just receive that invitation today in Jesus' name. If you said that, if you prayed that, I believe it's the best decision you'll ever make in your entire life. Please email us on, on the email on the screen and we'd love to get in contact with you, pray with you, support you along on this journey. And for the rest of us, including you, if that was you that, that just made that decision, I wanna pray for us on this Christmas Eve as we close out that this will be the best close to a year you've ever had starting today on Christmas Eve. God, I just thank you for everybody watching right now, whether it's after the fact or live with us right now. And I pray that this would be a moment to be remembered. This would be a moment of like the best Christmas Eve for them that they've ever had. Maybe they're in the middle of something crazy right now. Maybe their wife's in the hospital, their husband's in the hospital, their kids are struggling. Maybe their marriage is struggling. Maybe they feel lonely, whatever the case may be. I just believe that you are the God of the turnaround. And I pray right now you would turn around whatever hard situation there is going on and make it incredible in Jesus' name. Where there's hopelessness, give them hope in Jesus' name. 
right now. Amen. Hey, we love you, Kingdom Culture. Welcome to all those watching for the first time. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Christmas Eve online experience. Don't forget to join us on Sunday. We will see you just in a few days. Have an amazing, amazing Christmas. Be present with your family. Love on some people. Make some phone calls. Encourage somebody. Drop some gifts off at your neighbor's house. Do something kind and watch what God does through your life as you close out 2021 in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you all. Merry Christmas.